Hello, and welcome to the very second episode of this podcast called Broke Talk, where the mission is to help people recognize things that are broke and unabashedly talk about it. My name is Sharman, and you can follow us on Instagram at Broke Talk Podcast. In the first episode, we discussed some of the issues that exist in the lower income school system with veteran teacher Tony Coral. In this episode, we will chat with two individuals who triumph from an inefficient school system. Spooky, right? <laughs> These two individuals now have their own podcast called Grave Discussions, discussing most people's fear, horror movies. Check them out at gravediscussions.net. It's perfect because Halloween is just around the corner and they have their favorite movies for you to watch. So today we have Bart and Stefan. Bart is currently working for Our Media. He graduated with his bachelor's in journalism and screen studies from U of M Dearborn with a minor in marketing. He is also working on three film scripts, two horror and one feature film script, and production on a short film with Clean Slate Productions. Stefan is currently on track to be a polysomnographic sleep technologist. Very cool. And they both graduated from Hemtramck High School. So thank you both for being here. I love watching film. Um, and you guys obviously do. So tell me more about your love for horror films. And is it just horror films? You can start if you want. Well, I, well it all started when I was like, I want to say either three or four. My dad showed me some Chucky movies, some Jason movies. That was like the start of it. And then when I was like six, I was with my friend Bunny. And uh, we were in my like living room and like Halloween was on TV, Michael Myers. And then we were watching it and I was shitting my pants because I was like six. <laughs> but like also I thought it was like really cool. And then, you know, with the whole Comcast and everything and on demand, I started like looking up a bunch of horror films. And then my dad would take me to like FYE and like the Suncoast store and buy me a bunch of fucking horror movies and masks and collectibles and all that shit when I was a kid. And I never, I don't think it's something you can grow out of because like mm -hmm. these movies aren't for kids, you know? So like, I think it's normal to not grow out of them. I mean, you it, it, it just felt really like, I don't know, like I was getting away with something when I was a kid. You get to watch all these horror movies. People get their heads ripped off and you just sitting up all night like, dude, there's someone in my fucking closet. And in reality, <laughs> there's never anyone in your closet. But it's just that, that, that like fucking that fear without anything actually happening to you. It's like a safe fear. That's why I love horror. And it doesn't even scare me anymore. But like, I don't know. It's more like the, like the, Sometimes there's like socio-political messages in horror. Mm -hmm. Sometimes there's psychological messages. Sometimes there, there's always some sort of message like, and it's not usually like, you know, very explicit. It's usually like implicit and like characters or representations about certain ideals and stuff like that, which is why I like horror a lot. I mean, I love comedy, but as you can see from like my room, um, I am big oh time. I made all those, um, Wow. Besides, like, yeah, I made all those, like, posters everywhere, fucking, I spent literally about at least 30 to 40 grand on everything you see here. Jesus, oh my yeah. gosh. That's I don't crazy. have a question like that. 
um, yeah, I, I can pretty much agree with everything that Stefan said. I mean, it's, to me, it's the most diverse genre of filmmaking. Um, and at times, it's certainly the most thought-provoking. I mean, you have a movie on one end, like Friday the 13th, where, you know, Jason is just kind of lopping off heads. And then you have another movie like The Exorcist, which is very, um, you know, stark and very powerful and emotional and very scary. And then you have movies that are completely off the rails and just kind of make you think about a variety of different things. Um, and so I really like horror for that reason. And just because it's the most creative type of filmmaking, in my opinion, I, it got to me when I was a kid as well, because it's kind of like that, you know, forbidden fruit. When you're a kid, you know, you, you stay up um, and you see what you can kind of get away with and you sneak, you know, um, a bloody movie, um, you know, at like 1 a.m. or whatever. But my dad also liked them when I was a kid, not so much anymore, but we had all these VHSs. And so I'd catch them when I could. And even though they gave me nightmares, I kind of got used to that. And then, um, it became a hobby and then eventually it became what I wanted to do as a career, which, um, you know, I think not a lot of people can say that they turned a hobby into a career and I'm still getting there, but it's, it's what I want to do because, um, I just want to let my imagination out. And since I love horror yeah. movies, that's, that's what I want to do. But I, I love all types of film. You know, I went to school for it. I've, um, seen, things as far back as you know basically the advent of cinema um so i don't really have a preference for you know what decade or i love horror the most but i, I like action comedy i like the snobby um art house type of movies too so um I, I i appreciate it all and i just like to study it all and learn from it as much as i can very cool I don't think anybody, most people don't look at horror film and think that there is a message behind it. So how did you guys get into trying to find the message, looking for hidden clues and Easter eggs, just critiquing horror, film, horror movies? I mean, I think it's just based on your own like arbitrary like philosophy and your outlook. Like, let's take Halloween 1978, for example. There's Michael Myers, the silent serial killer. And for me, he represents all the evil of man, like all those toxic traits, all those negative aspects of like our deepest, most primal instincts, like murdering and like, you know, like dominance and all that stuff. And then the heroine, Laurie Strode, she was like this very virginal character, very smart and very aware. And she was supposed to represent like the best type of person, you know, like, like the most the highest moral standard and it was really like kind of like a sociological message that like you know like the best people can overcome the worst people but you know at the end of the movie he gets shot he falls off a balcony and he disappears and he's still alive so it's like kind of like an ongoing thing and it's letting you know that this struggle between good and evil is infinite and though like though good like might win like if if the person if good is very aware of the evil and it takes steps necessary like evil can still like come back at any time and 
life is just like that ongoing struggle, that duality between good and like, I don't want to say evil because like, you know, what evil is, is completely subjective. There is no really checklist. I mean, even our morals are extremely like subjective and they vary from person to person, but you know, good. And then like generally not good. That's what is usually a struggle. And that's how it was like back in the day. Good always overcomes evil, but nowadays in horror, like there's not really a lot of happy endings. There's not stuff like that. And then there's also movies like they live, which like basically exposes the government, you know, in the movie as some sort of like alien fucking inhabiting a human flesh host. Like, like nowadays all the conspiracy theorists with like our politicians being like reptilians and devil worshipers and all that stuff. And, Horror movies touch base on, like, a lot of those things. And even if there's no, like, socio-political message, uh, there's movies like The Lighthouse with uh, Robert Pattinson and Willem Dafoe that touch base on old allegories, like um, what's Prometheus and all that stuff. So uh, horror doesn't always have, like, a socio-political message or even just a sociological message. Sometimes it's just something as simple as a callback to a previous story or like a simple life lesson or something like that. There's there's always something to take away from it, unless it's like those mindless 1980s horror movies that were meant to cash in on a craze that Halloween created because Halloween is like, you know, the godfather of like slasher films. And that created a whole craze and people saw how much success it had. It had like a $400,000 budget and went on to make millions and that movie had a message, but everything else in, like, the 1980s was really, like, just trying to, like, leech off of that success. So, in the 1980s, you won't see a lot of, like, allegorical movies unless you look for something like mm-hmm. The Possession, which talks about, like, you know, very, like, implicitly and explicitly at times about, you know, a relationship gone awry and, like, the separation of two people or two people going apart and things like that. And I just think the... And there's so many subgenres of horror, and the message is always something different. And there's always a message, even if it is like something as simple as like killing people bad, you know. But like, it's, it's always not that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it really kind of depends, I think, on how passionate you are about looking at these sorts of things. Because for a lot of people, the general type of moviegoer, you don't really look at a movie so analytically. Yeah. Um, you know, at least that's what I think. I think most people, when they sit down and, and see something on Netflix, they look at the premise and they go, oh, okay, that sounds kind of cool. And they flip it on. Um, for us, I mean, we've been watching horror specifically for so long and I've been watching movies. And, you know, once I got into college and decided, okay, this is what I want to do. And I took classes on film history and how to analyze something specifically and how to write a screenplay, that's when I at least really started to look at things uh, a lot more analytically than I used to. So now whenever I watch a movie, even if it's just for fun, I I kind of notice things and I'm able to pick apart things. Uh, And then, of course, uh, we started doing our podcast, Grave Discussions. So the show is essentially kind of a variety show, more or less, but we do reviews, we do analyses, we talk about, um, you know, news and things like that. So just from doing that, we kind of have this innate sort of ability to look at a movie and analyze it and pick apart its themes and, 
things right. like that. And and at this point, it's it's fun for us to do because we just enjoy talking about it. So yeah, I I've listened to the show. I love your dynamic. I think it's amazing. Um, and Bart, you mentioned you have a degree in this, and mm-hmm. Stefan, you don't. But I think that dynamic plays really well for an audience member. So how do you guys think that it plays within your dynamic and discussions? I mean, I can like we both can like kind of like understand like like the normal person's like viewpoint. So like we try not to like make our like analyses like too convoluted or complicated, but we can both understand like a normal person's view on a movie or why one person thinks it sucked and why one person thinks it's great. And we can both understand both of those perspectives and our chemistry, mine and his is good. We've been friends since we were seven years old. So like our relation or like this, like friendship has been like, Mm -hmm we've been friends for 20 years now you know like it's it's been 20 years so like our dynamic is like i'm more of like the you know like the the shit talker but like Uh not like to the point where i seem like a troglodyte with like where i'm just ranting out of my own ass like i still form educated opinions and then you know bart also like touches base on some things that i haven't thought about about a movie and i touch base on some things that he never looked at a certain way so it's always good to have like more than one perspective because like you know like whether you have a degree or not like I was a philosophy and a political science major so it's yeah it's easy for me to look at things abstractly and like philosophically and like you know I can point out like the logical errors in a movie and like Bart can do like you know as well like Bart can do that as well and he knows like certain things that movies do that like I don't notice like he'll be like well, this shot is made to make this look like this and have your focus on this. And like, even like, you know, certain cinematography techniques mean something. Everything isn't just like, hey, this is a nice camera angle. And Bart knows exactly what I'm talking about. Like mm-hmm. there's certain shots, the way that they're filmed, that like mean something and make you feel a certain way. There's certain sounds about the score that make you feel a certain way, make you feel that dread there's certain like stories that make you feel existential dread and like are supposed to make you think about like life. And like, I think we can both like touch base on like a lot of those topics and even form like different perspectives and even different opinions. And I think it's good to have like two people that don't always see things like objectively the same, because I mean, it's art, you know, nothing about art is objective. Like there is no, like this is this way. And that's that it's, it's never black and white. So that's why it's our dynamic is really good. Like it's just, mm-hmm. he's like the super educated smart guy. And I'm like the, the college dropout because I'm a smart ass. So like, it's good to have like those two perspectives. Cause I mean, it's great that neither one of us is a dumbass. Maybe we should add like a third person on the show and have them be like the average Joe. And like, I ain't like yeah. that movie because it was a cult and I understand it. Like, yeah. you know, how who gets scared. Us. The person who gets yeah. scared by like Charlie Charlie Brown and the Great Pumpkin or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I I I can agree with all of that. I mean, at the end of the day, I think it is interesting, but you know, ultimately, it doesn't really affect us too too much. I would say the only real difference, um, you know, I'll honestly even go as far as to say as um, if we both didn't have a degree or if we both had a degree, I think our dynamic would pretty much be the same the only real difference um that i can kind of see is just that you know when i was in school and then coming out of school i pretty much jumped into 
um, filmmaking directly. And in school, I, I would do some documentaries uh, for class and I, I directed my own short there. And then out of school, you know, working with Clean Slate Productions here in the area, um, I have some of that behind the camera, behind the scenes sort of experience that um, Stefan doesn't have a lot of. So exactly. um, from, from that perspective, you know, I, like you said, I can kind of more accurately see how things are done um, from, from a crew standpoint on, with certain films, you know, um, how, how this is colored. I'm like, oh yeah, I've, I've done that before. Or, you know, I've seen this type of shot done before so I can kind of address why it might've been done, what the crew is thinking that kind of thing. And, and as a screenwriter, I can kind of point out, um, you know, why things in the story might've been set up the way that they were and things like that. But as far as, you know, our experience with horror in general goes, we both pretty much have the same level of expertise, I guess you would say. It's actually how we met. We met through horror. So this is our story, believe it or not. It was Pulaski Park. I was seven years old. He was also seven because he's only a day older than me. Um, I was wearing my Jason mask and he was wearing the ghost face mask from Scream. And we were both chasing kids around. And then we bumped into each other and we just kind of stood there and looked at each other, kind of like tilted heads. We like took our masks off. I was like, I'm Stefan. He's like, I'm Bart. I was like, dude, I love Scream. And you're like, dude, I love Jason. And I love the Friday the 13th movies. And then like, I'm pretty sure it was like said a lot less like normal than that. Cause we were seven. It was probably yeah. like, that movie is cool. Wow. You are cool. I like Scream. Me too. Yeah. Like something like that. But that's what, that's what really started our friendship. Like horror. Like otherwise I probably wouldn't have bumped into him. I probably would have bumped into him playing Yu-Gi-Oh or something at the park. Cause mm -hmm. we used to do that too. But then, that would have changed everything, but I'm yeah. glad like it, it like started the way it started. And 20 years later, we're doing a podcast about horror movies yeah. during the pandemic. Like <laughs> nerds, basically. Yeah. That's yeah. really cool. So you both grew up in Hemtramck and you went to Hemtramck yeah. High School. Do you think like going to Hemtramck High School hindered you in any way or hindered your success or and how did it help you to go into a lower income kind of school um i don't think it hindered me at all i think having like those kind of struggles being in a lower income school gives you like that drive to like do better so you can get out of that situation but you know not everyone has that mentality i sure didn't at first i didn't even know i was poor until i was like right. 10 11 you know, <laughs> my dad would take care of us and he wouldn't let us know like we were poor and like i didn't know i was in like a low income area or like you know and like by the time I got to high school, I was like, yeah, you know, like, everything's poor. I literally see roaches running around the hallways. Like, one time even a possum snuck into Ham High. Like, how the fuck that happened? But it happened. But I don't think it was it was a, a hindrance at all to, like, to anything. Sure, like, I think the environment, like, having a hectic environment, like, fucking getting jumped at 7 a.m. before school and shit like that. And, like, all those big group fights that we had. Like, that surely, like... I mean, it didn't get in the way. I still had a 4.0 the whole senior year when I was getting into a bunch of bullshit. But, like, just all of that, like, negative stuff was just, like, it, it wasn't that much of a hindrance. I still got my shit done. Like, emotionally, yeah, it, it, like, affects you, like, when you look at it objectively. Like, hey, I live in this low-income area, and it's kind of dangerous, and I go to school, and, like, I don't have, like, the best education. And some of our teachers had were, like, 
you know, graduated with like C averages from college. I don't want to name any names, oh, I didn't but know like, that. yeah, I knew that. Like it's, <laughs> some of our teachers like had like C's in college and like in the, in the thing that they're teaching. Like, and I was just like, Oh wow. And then I really noticed that when I went into college, like, and like I placed into pre-calc and like, and then I was taking chemistry and like, they were talking about shit. Me and Bart took chemistry together and they'd be talking about shit in chemistry. Like, yeah, you should have learned this in high school. I was like, oh, I didn't. <laughs> yeah, same. Yeah. I mean, it, I think that's always going to be the case, unfortunately, because, you know, these low-income schools have a variety of different problems, um, you know, from the student base, not just the, the kids themselves, but feelings of, you know, being ignored or feeling like there aren't enough resources to properly educate them or otherwise take care of them to, you know, staffing issues or any, any number of things, um, which, which is unfortunate. And, you know, the higher income schools are always going to get the best of it and they're going to get more money from the state, more money for materials, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but I think for the most part, we at least, got out of there okay um and i think a lot of our classmates got out of there okay too um i don't and i I don't know if the environment there or the fact that it was a low-income school fostered any type of real negativity because every school has their problems even even the wealthier ones you know they might just have a different set of issues but every school is going to have its bullies every school is going to have uh, you know, some kind of inability to reach each and every student. Um, because at the end of the day, it's also on the students. You know, when I started off um, in high school anyway, I think freshman year, I wasn't particularly driven. I didn't really know what I wanted to do yet. So I wasn't completely focused on my grades. Um, I wasn't getting into trouble or anything like that. But um, you know, I, I had my struggles. I just kind of went because I knew that I had to go and I knew that my parents wouldn't like me not to go. And then as the years went on, I, um, I kind of started to have like a plan together. I originally wanted to go into pre-med. So, um, you know, based on what my parents wanted and what my teachers wanted and what I thought I wanted, I started to kind of um, really pushed myself and I started to get my grades up and I was in like the top 10 of, of our class, um, you know, when we graduated and I felt really happy about myself. And I don't think that the low income kind of status of the school really hindered that at all, because ultimately I knew that if I wanted to get through it, then I would get through it. I had to motivate myself. I had to study. I had to do well in my tests and I did all those things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and then I went on to, to college and, and that was that. Yeah. I think these type of feelings that we have growing up in, here in Hemtramck is perfect for making movies and mm-hmm. other art. Like, I make music now and I can't imagine what I would talk about if I grew up privileged. Like, mm-hmm. butterflies and rainbows or something. Yeah, yeah fuck yeah. that. that yeah. Like, struggle, struggle builds character and builds all this stuff, like... Honestly, I, I like my whole mentality and everything. I already feel like I'm a 40 year old man. Like when I like, I feel like that old man that yells at kids to get off the lawn. Cause nowadays, like 
I see teenagers, like, I'll see a group of them, like, grouped up, and they'll be laughing and talking and shit, and I'm like, you stupid fucks. Like, for no reason. I just have that inner hatred <laughs> for, like, youthful people, like, like, because in my mind, I'm like, you don't even know what's coming. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. It's just, and that has nothing to do with, like, really, like, um, a low-income environment for me. It was just poor choices, you know, getting into fucking... I'm open up right now, getting into drugs and all that stuff. Like I was addicted to prescription pills for a minute. I was taking like whatever Xanax and Klonopins and fucking Norcos and all that bullshit. But, and then like, I ended up like losing a whole bunch of weight after high school, after that, like in high school, I was two fifteen. after being on like Xannies and Klonopins and Narcos and all that shit. I dropped down to one forty five. Oh like, like I just would like, pop pills and like not eat or like eat a few pizza rolls and like pass out like fucking foaming at the mouth and like the back of my car i'd have my friends like driving me around because i was like too high to drive my own car and like oh god yeah that had nothing to do with like you know i guess in the low-income areas you just don't have anything to do but the funny part is it never affected my school i'd be like and then the next day i'd have school and fucking end up getting a 97 on an exam could have got a 100 but you know I was nodding off in the back of a <laughs> soccer mom van. So don't just don't do what I did like to anyone younger watching, have your fuck ups. Just like you can grow without having major fuck ups, just self reflect. I think self reflection mm -hmm. is really important. You can't just go on thinking like you're invincible and you can do no wrong because we all do wrong. I do wrong every day. Like, ask me something about calculus. I'll do all that shit wrong. Like, we all do wrong, whether it be morally, whether it be school-related, or any of that shit. Like, we've all got our skeletons, and we've all got shit that we regret. We regret. But, like, I don't know. Just because, like, bad shit happened to you or you did bad shit doesn't mean, like, you're your mistakes. Like, we're more than just our mistakes. Like, as long as you don't keep, like, the same type of, like, habitual mistake-making and, like, you don't, like, just don't be your mistakes that's all just learn from shit move on and grow up i think growing up is a real important part of like growing of like you know becoming an adult because where we live like not a lot of people grow up you see it a lot in hamtramck like 35 year old men wearing fitted hats and nikes that match and like fucking smoking weed in the back of a car it's like dude you have like three kids at home go take care of your kids what are you doing like it's just the environment we're in like there's just like really not much to do so people turn to drugs people turn to like a bunch of dumb shit and i you just can't become too complacent here otherwise you'll like just you'll be stuck in the gutter forever i'm talking from experience trust me fuck that shit like focus on you self-reflect and like try to do better there's no point in like like i grew up on food stamps you know my dad grew up on like my dad was here and he was on like disability and like my mom would work for like table scraps don't be content with that don't be content with food stamps don't be content with welfare don't be content with like any of that shit never think i'm okay where i'm at because then it, it's hard to get out of it's really hard to get out of especially in an environment like this don't don't get stuck here don't get stuck here now, it really right? is it really is a mental choice you know because I mean, even my family, you know, I always thought like, hey, we're pretty well off, but mm -hmm. we'd always have to be very frugal about everything. And even when I was making money, I would still be trying to save as much money as I could even going to college. Um, but, you know, I, I knew that if I wanted to 
make my parents proud and take care of them and take care of myself and everybody around me, then I had to, you know, do something meaningful with the education that I had, with the opportunities that I had, and, and actually, you know, find success somewhere. So I went to school because I didn't really know what else to do. Um, and yeah, and that's, and that's what I did. So yeah, being in kind of a low income bracket or going to that type of school does have its challenges. Um, but especially for him, Tramick, I think despite all of that, there is a great support network there because a lot of people do care. Mm -hmm. Even, even a lot of the teachers, they really do care about your success and about you and the fact that we specifically have such a diverse community, I think really helps with that too, even though a lot of people, you know, have their biases and prejudices and stuff, but still Hamtramck is a very diverse place. So we all kind of grow up, you know, knowing each other and knowing about our respective struggles. So I think that helps a lot. Yeah, it's definitely beautiful. Mm -hmm. And the environment, I feel like it really helps us with our ego because we're always reminded that we're not the best. We're actually, you know, sometimes the worst. You know, we have mm -hmm. shitty ass schools where it's not clean. The chairs aren't like the same. It really affects us, those little things. Um, and I see it in your podcast. You guys don't talk with an ego. You guys give your opinion, but it's not like I have to agree with any of you. And that's really hard to do for a lot of people mm -hmm. just to not talk about the ego, but it seems like you guys both know yourself and both know horror movies, obviously. So talk about that a little bit. Just how you. I mean, like, I mean, like everyone can have an opinion. I never say like my opinion is like objectively correct, but like we do say shit about example, Bart, like midsummer. Like, we're like, if you think this movie is dumb, you, like, you just didn't understand it. And if you did understand it and you didn't like it, then, like, it's just not for you because you don't have an appreciation for, like, those, like, artsy movies or any sort of, like, allegorical movie. Then that's just not for you. But you, you can't objectively say, like, this movie sucked or, like, this movie that. And, like, I always say that. I never say, like, if you don't like this movie, you're wrong and you're dumb and you should, like, fucking take a bath with a toaster. No, but, like... If you, like, don't give something a chance and, like, you don't understand it, like, this sucked. Like, I can watch a whole, like, a mel like, a, like, a whole allegorical movie, like, like, there's this movie, Melancholy Derengo, like, Melancholy, The Angel's Melancholy, and the whole movie is al allegorical, and it's really bloody, and, like, there's barely any dialogue, and sure, I can be like, oh, that sucked, but that's not how I think. For me, I'll just sit there, like... I didn't understand that. And then once someone breaks it down for me and shows me what meant what, I'll be like, oh, that's what that meant? Holy crap, that's fucking smart. Like, mm -hmm. I can appreciate, like, things like that. But, like, I don't know. We never really speak, like, objectively other than, like, when we're like, hey, Halloween is a staple in horror. Hey, Alien mm -hmm. is a staple in horror. Hey, like, there are certain objective facts about the culture and about certain influences in the culture that are facts and that people can't deny like things like that but they're opinion wise on like movies uh, they're it's it's all arbitrary there is never one set of beliefs like like for example take someone to tell someone hey list your favorite uh michael myers movies in order there are over three million 
ways that you can categorize them. You know, and no one will ever have the same list as you. Like, and that's what's really special about the genre to me is like we don't all have to agree with each other but you know on those facebook groups there's very salty people on there you'll be like hey i didn't like this movie people like fuck you you're stupid kill yourself it's like i mean i don't know like we're not like that i mean we're very loose we're like hey we think you should check this movie and this movie out and then if you're like hey i watched that movie i didn't like it and then they'll be like well what didn't you like about it well i didn't like this 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 and i'll be like oh yeah i can understand that well what type of movie would you like? Well, I need something more straightforward, blah, blah, blah. Okay, then I can recommend this. It's never, we never speak objectively. And I actually like that, you know, because like no horror podcasters speak objectively, no horror critics do. And if they say they do, they're just full of shit. Like I hate people that, that are like that. Like there's always room for disagreements mm-hmm. without like being like nasty to someone because like, that's like, hey, Hey Bart, what's your favorite color? And you're like red. And I'm like fuck red. You're stupid. Blue's better. Like that's that's yeah. literally uh, like what, what's the point of that? There's no point of that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I there was recently uh, a thread. I think it, it wasn't even about. Um, actually, no, it was. It, I think it was about Midsummer to be honest with you. But the, then there are a bunch of those. But uh, you know, there's this whole trend with recent uh, filmmaking, especially in the horror genre and in the community where you know, a lot of people who are very, very passionate about these older types of films or a specific kind of movie are very against this kind of new trend that's called elevated horror, where it's a lot slower moving. Um, It's a lot more metaphorical and things like that. And anytime one of these movies comes up, people are just like, this is the worst movie ever. Not even like the worst movie that I've ever seen. This is the worst movie to exist ever it shouldn't exist i'm like that doesn't even make any sense first of all because everybody has different tastes you know uh, everybody has a different opinion everybody has a way of looking at a particular movie that's probably different than the way that you're looking at it um and you know it depends were you on your phone for half the movie or or what um so to to come out with those kind of things i think is very childish because uh you know you're not allowing anybody else to have an opinion you're not allowing them to critique you're just stating it is your opinion sure but even having an opinion can be wrong um or or if somebody's opinion can be untruthful or whatever um so i think saying things like that doesn't benefit anybody i think it's just a dumb way to try and get attention to be honest and we don't like to do that because we we don't want to put any type of negativity into this community or into what we love to do because that doesn't facilitate any kind of growth or any type of meaningful discussion or anything like that. And that's ultimately what we want, what we want to do. You know, we enjoy watching movies. We enjoy talking about these type of things. And, you know, I've I've had to deal with anger and all this type of stuff my whole life i don't want to get into discussions where everybody's just screaming at each other saying no you're wrong i'm right uh you know this is the worst or this is the best because i don't know it just doesn't make any sense to me we just want to foster you know thought-provoking discussion and, and we can have our opinions and say like hey you know this was a great movie or hey this was a bad movie but i'm never gonna sit here and say this is the worst movie of all time like objectively as if that's 
true because it's, it's not. And I think a lot of it also just relies on our personalities, to be honest, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I consider myself to be a very selfless person. So I don't really have an ego anyway, even though I probably could because, you know, I did study this stuff. I I'd consider myself to be a pretty intelligent person. But again, I just don't really think that that gets you anywhere, you know, that it, first of all, it just lowers your reputation. <laughs> Nobody's going to want to listen to you if they just think that you're some, you know, egotistical snob. Maybe the people who share your exact opinion, but otherwise you're just going to push people away. And I mean, Stefan's pretty much the same way. So, yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean, cause like, that's the thing with horror. Like, it's so weird that there's this disconnect between horror fans because horror in general is like the black sheep of film. Like yeah. we're all the weirdos. We're all the people that would look at like, why do you like that? Why do you like movies about death? Why do you like movies about people killing people? We all already have that in common. So why divide <laughs> ourselves even, even further into like subgroups? It, it doesn't make sense. Like it's, mm -hmm. it's bad for the culture. Like, and I think that's mainly just on like Facebook and like Twitter because on Instagram, like, I have my own, like, Instagram for collecting horror stuff and horror movies. And everyone on that community, in that community, gets along fine. Like, we'll post a movie, hey, watching this tonight, it was good, I liked it. And everyone's cool. All the collectors are cool with the other collectors. And there's no, like, fighting or all that bullshit. It seems to be, like, a Facebook and Twitter thing when people just, like, especially now in quarantine, people just want to really talk because they've just been cooped up in the house and they want to give you, like, their opinion it's like dude your your name is steve and you work at arby's i don't give a fuck what you say about a movie that has like a deeper like i don't i don't care like i'm sorry like if i hate people who who talk objectively about things that are extremely opinionated like you're not like the fucking gatekeeper for like horror movie opinions so like and neither are we and we always like say it like hey we're not like tuning our own horn here and i'll that's why like when i'll see bart arguing with people like in like the facebook forums like it'll pop up in my newsfeed it'll be like bart replied to a comment and then like <laughs> and then bart will be arguing with someone like logically and then they'll be like you're a pedophile like uh, like you know because he liked a like a goosebumps movie or like a oh little like and then i'll just jump in and i'll just stop like you know i'm like all right bart wants to argue logically this does this guy doesn't want to argue logically and then i'll hop in there and then i'll just be like dude why do you have such a big gap in your teeth i can stick my big toe in between that gap and i'll start talking shit to them if i see people talking shit to bark because it's like they don't want to have that logical discussion i'm gonna come in there and i'm gonna hoe on you and i'm gonna make you look dumb as fuck because i yeah. can talk shit for a long time it's just i don't know it it just doesn't make any any sense you know when we're on the podcast just talking for one thing first of all you know we don't want to be confrontational on the podcast because our entire goal is to, you know, educate people, entertain people. And sure, you can be entertaining by being divisive mm -hmm. and being controversial. Especially that, now. Especially now. I mean, there's, there's a lot of that going on. Mm -hmm. um, but but that's, that's just not what we want to do because our – our main goal is to get more people interested in and talking about horror movies specifically. So I just don't see a way that that's possible and a beneficial way to do that by being like mean and angry and cruel and by acting like we're the end all be all. 
I think right. the people that do listen to us value our opinions because we provide them in, in straightforward and, and blunt ways. But, you know, we understand that, you know, these are just our opinions and we have a lot of a wealth of knowledge and we have a lot of experience with all this stuff. But, you know, I don't know everything. I haven't seen every movie and I, you know, so I'm not going to act like I do. Yeah, that's awesome. And you guys do it wonderfully. So I love that. So one last question. What has the podcast helped you with in your personal life? A lot. Yeah, I mean, for me, definitely just not only seeing Stefan more often because before it, we, uh, we, we would hang out, but when we started doing it, I mean, he was the most obvious choice. I was like, I, I had to have some kind of a co-host mm-hmm. and he was the most obvious choice. So we, we get to see each other every week when there isn't a pandemic going on, which is great. Um, but we also met a lot of other cool people through it. Um, so we're under a, a bigger podcast network called Sports Radio Detroit, who as the title implies, mainly do sports podcasts um, in the area for Detroit sports, but they also have um, other shows on there, like other pop culture shows and things like that. So we've gotten to meet um, some really cool people through there, including um, another show that we've been guests on a couple times. Um, And so that probably is one of the biggest things for me personally Um, and things that I'm looking forward to by doing the podcast or just reaching out to more filmmakers, uh, more uh, actors and stars and going to events and things like that. I think that'll be really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Cause you're so passionate about it. This yeah. is your thing. Yeah. That's awesome. What about you stuff? Uh, I think for me, it was just like, honestly, like it's just fun hanging out with you and doing all this stuff together. Cause like, we both love horror, like, so much, and, like, like, you know, like, back in, like, 2017, I had, like, a real serious injury, and then that's when this all started. You started, like, coming over a lot, and then we've always been friends, but, like, and we've always been close, but, like, now, like, we've, like, the past three years, like, we're, like, closer than we've ever were in, like, 20 years of friendship, you know? It wasn't just, like, surface-level, like, conversations about, like, random shit or, like, brief conversations about horror movies like like you know exactly what kind of horror movies i like now and i know exactly like the type of shit you'd like and like Mm. every time i get a new movie i can like show you like dude i got this let's check it out this week and like you know i've been going through a lot of shit the past three years up until like recently because like i met someone and i'm happy now so that's that but like during like all these like depressing times like you know like once a week Bart would come over and I'd always look forward to it on Wednesday. We set up the mics and everything. We do our podcast. We talk about upcoming movies. We talk about horror news. And then we just talk our fucking mouths off like <laughs> on the podcast. And then we pop in a movie or two. And then like, I don't know. It's just like it, out of everything that I'm interested in, like movies, video games, fighting sports, like UFC and shit like that. I'm most into horror as you can see by my room. And like, if that's the one thing we can talk about, like nonstop to each other, like once a week and like watch movies, like I find solace. Like even October is my favorite month. Halloween is my favorite holiday. Like I like going into stores and seeing like all the like creepy and spooky shit, like the pumpkins. And like, it's a, it's a really different feeling. Uh, 
than like any other holiday for me. Like I don't like walk in and see all the Christmas decorations and I'm just like, Oh, Christmas, an old holiday that's been commercialized. Yay. Like, no, like Halloween's always been about spooky shit and like spirits roaming the earth on Halloween. The one day they're allowed to and the end of summer and then the crops dying and then ghosts and demons and all that shit. Like I've always been kind of into like all that dark macabre occultish stuff. So like, I feel like right at home, like when I walk into like a spirit Halloween or like a target or a Meyer or a Walmart and all that Halloween shit is out. Like, and this is the most wonderful time of the year to me. And like, <laughs> so like, yeah. this is my Christmas. Like, it's definitely reinforced our passion for sure. And I think that's probably the most important thing because I know this is kind of a theme on your show, I think, but you know, we really don't make any money off of, of doing the podcast. Um, I'm sure that would be something that we'd like to do mm-hmm. ultimately. Um, and we've had like some advertisers and things like that, but um, we haven't quite reached that level of success where, you know, I'm like going to give up my day job to do the podcast. That would be awesome. Um, but even, even if we were doing that, I don't think it would be something that I would really take away from it as like the most important thing for me having, having done the podcast, you know, because I, I'm very passionate about this. If I wasn't, then I wouldn't be talking about it. Neither would stuff on, I'm sure. So at, at the end of the day, that's, that's what I take away from it the most is that, you know, I can kind of go on here and, and just talk and discuss what I love and hopefully get other people to do the same thing and just kind of, you know, take a break, relax and not have to worry about what's going on with the rest of the world because we just have something that we enjoy. Yeah. Very cool. I love it. It's clear on the podcast that you guys love it so much. So you're doing a great job. Well, thank you. Those are all the questions that I have. I appreciate both of you. Um, and happy Halloween, everybody. Yeah, happy, happy Halloween, Halloween, everyone. And thanks so, so much for having us on. Yeah, it was really cool. Yeah, oh, no yeah. problem.